Welcome, welcome to the Public Handicapper Podcast. This podcast covers the races run every weekend on publichandicapper.com. And while we are taking time off from PH, the podcast goes on, covering the top stakes in the country. This is show number 39, November 15th, 2019. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Public Handicapper, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, how's it hanging this week? It's going pretty well. Um, I have friends who aren't that familiar with racing and they, a couple of times I remember they say something like after the Breeders' Cup, well, what are you going to do now that the racing season's over? And I just laugh at them and say, the racing season never ends. It goes on forever. But this does sort of feel like we're between seasons right now this weekend. Um, Before the Thanksgiving Day holidays, uh, not a lot of racing action this weekend. So... Um, these races we'll be talking about today might not be the most interesting set of races we'll talk about um, or have talked about on the pod. Not the greatest, but I am in the Aqueduct Contest this weekend, which covers Aqueduct, Churchill, and Gulfstream Park West. So there should be out of three tracks, and there's at least one which we're going to talk about today, the Churchill Stakes Race, that will be good. So. So I am optimistic that there will be some good racing, but maybe just not on the stakes front. All right. Well, let's let's take a shot at the stakes races. Okay. And before we get started, I just want to make a special announcement. The Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout, performers of the opening and closing music on this pod, are playing at Sunny's in Red Hook, Brooklyn, tonight, November 15th. I will be there. And if anyone out there can possibly make it out to hear some great soul jazz, Please stop by and say hello. I will be near the front and sometimes dancing. All right. Got, All right. You're going to get get those feet in action, huh? That's good. Yeah. Uh, people on the contest trail have seen me wear a boot off and on for at least the last year. And I am happy to say I am rid of the boot. And I'm not completely better, but I'm better enough to start dancing. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, <clears throat> We're going to start with uh, and not a great race. It's the eighth race at Aqueduct, the Key Sense Stakes. Six furlongs on the dirt, purse of 100000 for two-year-old Philly New York breads. What did you think here, Chris? Well, I think it looks pretty chalky in that the favorites are solid, and I think the pace sets up for both the two and the three time limit and play tone, especially the three-horse time limit. But if I have to make a play, which I don't, and I probably won't, I would go with the six-horse single verse who fits with these from a number standpoint, never really run a bad race, as fact has never been out of the exacta, doesn't have glitzy connections and has run several races at Finger Lake. So 
maybe there's a chance that horse gets overlooked a bit. Uh, five to one doesn't seem like that bad of a price, but maybe the horse even floats up a little higher. So in this race, probably single verse looks like the value in the race to me. Well, I looked at single verse and I'd be kind of surprised if the horse is five to one, but maybe not. Um, it is the fastest horse. I noticed that it's very turf bred, but it does have a win on a muddy track. I don't know. I can't get excited about really any horse in this race. I would just say I'm going to play Playtone. And if, since this will be a contest race, if I can't find enough aqueduct races to pass through, I would just play Playtone to show. But otherwise, uh, I'm really not interested in this race. And I can see it with single verse. If he's five to one, she's five to one. Yeah. Um, the the only price horse that I would call out for anybody who's playing in maybe uh, one of these pick and pray tournaments, if you want to get a price in this race, the five Shadalamo is third race out and isn't that fast. But Chris Englehart is always a danger. The horse is a full to a fast horse that was fast at a young age. Didn't win a stakes, but was an eight-time winner. The trainer is 44% with a new top third time out. So so basically, when it comes to these two-year-old races, and we learned this last week with Dotted Line, who won it 49 to 1 or so, anything can happen. And in their third race, anything can happen. So if you have to have a price, I would go with Shadalamo. The horse was one to twenty in its last race, and uh, you know there's no reason to think that she can beat these quality horses. But it is her third race ever, and she did win by eleven lengths in her last race. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if she won. I wouldn't necessarily bet on it unless you got a really big price. But yeah, I mean, of the horses that. Or will be double-digit double odds. She's probably the one, um, if that's what you're looking for. All right. Well, <clears throat> hopefully people are looking for that, and hopefully they are satisfied. Now let's go to the tenth race at Churchill. It's the River City Handicap, and maybe they just haven't changed the name officially through Equibase because it's not a handicap. Every horse is carrying 121. It's a mile and eighth on the turf, a purse of 175000 for three-year-olds and up. I think this is a major delicious race that people in the aqueduct contest are going to crush. Everything is going to change after this race in the standings. And having been in the aqueduct contest long for a long, long time before it was even online, this is the kind of race that shook up the standings and people... Uh, let the bombs fly turf race mile and an eighth admission office is three to one he's no faster than most of these and mr under mr misunderstood has back numbers but his numbers this year are also no faster than any of these if he runs back to his best race last year then he probably wins this race but you definitely want to take a swing here i'm most interested in bema's boy who's a 15 to 1 morning line 
He's improved every turf race except the one that he had a super awkward start and was basically eased. He won his last handily at a mile and a half and galloped out really big before being shut down. We know we can we know he can get the distance because he got a mile and a half, and there's no reason to think he can't do it at a mile and eight. Uh, in buyer figure terms, his last was only three points slower than the favorite, Mr. Misunderstood's last. He's three for five on the turf, working as well as he ever has. Uh, he's got upside, and I think if he's 15 to one or anything over 10 to one, he's a play for me with real money and on top of some other horses. But I'll let you roll first before I uh, talk about the other contenders. Well, he's an interesting horse. I think I like the other Mike Maker in here even better, the one horse, Cullum Road. This horse has just kind of steadily improved and he's all year long, he's never run a bad race. He had a little bit of trouble on his last. Um, he seems to run better in the fall than he does in the summer. So I think he's just heating up right now. What I really like about it is he has a tendency to go wide and he drew the rail this time, um, which is definitely a positive in a race like this where they're pretty evenly matched and it's a fairly large field. Saving ground can make a big difference. Tyler Gaffleone is a good rider and I think this horse should get a good trip with a little bit of racing luck. Um, he'll stay pinned to the rail and then he can tip out late, find a lane, and finish um, at double-digit odds. I think that's a really good value in here. I don't think he stands out above the rest, but I think he has as good of a chance to win as any of the other horses and probably as good of a chance to have a an ideal trip as any. So he's probably the one I'm most interested in, but I also really like the five-horse my barely i think i actually picked him once on the pod way back at the start of the summer and he had a tough trip but he's been kind of disappointing this year um hasn't run as well as i would have expected him to but he looks like he's finally rounding back into form and once he got into form last year he ran several good races in a row so i'd expect a good race here and he's 30 to one on the morning line. He's one that comes from fairly far back, but um, on the numbers, uh, in terms of you know just his pattern, I think it's very solid. His numbers fit his, with his best races. Um, he's maybe less likely to get a great trip because of be coming from so far back. But um, I think he certainly could hit the board as the longest shot on the board in the morning line. And I wouldn't be shocked if he won it. So for me, um, my barely is really good value at 30 to 1 um, as usable in exotic plays. And maybe even as a winner in column road is very solid um, in this race as well. Okay, well, I think there's a lot of possibilities in this race and i think there's likely to be some overlays so just a few horses that are that really have a good shot that are in the five to one range that would include a mouse emmaus um 
Blue Sky Cowboy, he's 20 to 1 morning line, and his numbers have him right there. I would, if I was on PH, I'd probably pick Bema's boy first and put Blue Sky Cowboy in second. My Briley, which I believe we, I think we learned that the pronunciation of that horse's was Briley um, from the guy in Minnesota, but uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. My memory is a little, little faulty on that. Um, the horse has a shot. His last number was as good as any of these. The only thing is that he did really get a setup in that last race and he didn't gallop out very well. So the, the pace was really hot and I don't know if he's going to get the same kind of setup. A couple other horses that really have a shot are Space Mountain and Guess, Get Western. They both have numbers that put them right there, but they're both five to one. Now, if for some reason one of those horses drifts up at eight, nine, ten to one, they're also playable. I would, you know, I, I'm going to wait until the odds dictate to make my final bets, but assuming Bema's boy is 12 to one or higher, I'm probably going to key him on top and I would use, I would use a lot of horses underneath, <laughs> uh, including uh, Emmaus, Blue Sky Cowboy, Mr. Misunderstood, Space Mountain, Get Western, and even Lascaux, who is running third off a layoff and got down to a nice, a nice number at Churchill at a mile and a quarter on dirt last year. And he almost matched that in his last race, which was his second off a layoff. He was closing pretty stoutly at 72 to one in that last race. And I think he could get in the try. Now I did just announce almost the entire field underneath Bemma's boy. And I think the way I would play it is I would, I would, I would have a small amount with, with all those horses underneath even admission office, you know, maybe uh, a small bet with Bemma's boy on top of all, all just in case my Briley gets second. But then the horses that I am even a little bit warmer to, I would play the try a little bit more heavily. For example, Space Mountain, who I think uh, had a clunker race in his last race. After a good race, he ran a mile and a half on short rest, and you can just toss that race. He's 5-1 to one morning line, and if he goes off at that, that's probably about right. But maybe he goes off at 8-1. to one. So that's my betting strategy. But um, it's, it's a wide-open race, and it's, it's really pick your long shot. It's definitely a wide-open race, which is why... Even eight to one wouldn't get me too excited in this race. Five to one, definitely not. I think you want double digit odds on anything that you play in the win slot or that you key and that you key in exotics. Um, so, you know, a horse like Bema's Boy, yeah, I would say if you like that horse, definitely. You'll get your double digit odds there. Same with Blue Sky Cowboy. Um, some of those others, I maybe you use them. My, my, I just tend to swing a little harder than you do on these kinds of races. So for me, I would toss a horse like Mr. Misunderstood, um, probably even admission office. The only one of the favorites I might use is get Western just because I think he's lone speed. And I, I just learned long ago that you don't want to lead the lone speed horse out unless he's like two to five or something. 
Um, and I would key, you know, one or two horses with the long shots. Um, in this case, I like Column Road and my Bariley is how you said we should pronounce that. I believe um, it is my Bariley, but I'm not sure. Um, but you, like you said, there's even the other long shots in here all have possibilities. Blue Sky Cowboy, definitely with the right trip, he'll come running. Um, Bema's boy, I'm not quite as high as you are on that one, but I, I see where you're coming from in terms of the turf races are all good and the horse still could improve some. So, you know, certainly at that price, uh, it, the horse fits right in here. So, you know, I would just not use as many horses when they're all this evenly matched. Uh, to me, you get the value from just leaving the favorites out. They might beat you, but they're no more likely to beat you than the long shots and you know, I would pick one or two long shots and key them with the others. Um, but like you said, this is the kind of race that you can get a big payout in the verticals. And in the horizontals, you can end up with a long shot on top, too. So um, this is the one interesting race that we're, we had to talk about in terms of betting this week. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Probably it'll be all about trips in the end. Yeah, and I will say that I will be, I, I really do like Bema's Boy a lot. I, I think there's really no negatives for that horse. Uh, he's even has one of his best workouts since his last race. So so let's put it this way. If Bema's Boy wins that race, look for me on the leaderboard of the Aqueduct Contest because I am saving my money for this race. All right, I like it. Okay, let's hope that uh, we'll see you on top. What this is? What what are the tracks in the contest? They are Aqueduct, Churchill, and Gulfstream Park West. So this will be near the end of the contest. It will be near the end of the contest, and I fully expect the leaderboard to be to go bananas after this particular race. All right. Well, hopefully you'll be the one that will get the bananas. Um, in this one. Yeah, now I, I, I'm not absolutely sure that they're going to include this race because it is an hour and 15 minutes post time after the last aqueduct race. So hopefully they will include it because they said that they're going to use Churchill tracks, but they said final dates will be announced on the day of. So uh, final races. So, so hopefully they will include that race. If they don't, then, uh, <laughs> then uh, I'm not nearly as excited about the contest. Okay, so the next race is the Golden Gate 7th. It's the Oakland Stakes. Six furlongs on the synthetic. It's a purse of 50000 for three-year-olds and up. Not a big field, but maybe a competitive field. What did you think here, Chris? Well, this race is, uh, again, I'm not real excited about this one. I, the one thing that does stand out when you look at it is that it's just chock full of speed. At six furlongs, that doesn't mean a speed horse can't win, but it does mean it should open the door for a horse that can come from off the pace um, it, you know, to win if they're good enough. And you know, it's hard to find a price in here that I think fits, but I ended up with two horses. The one I like come from off the pace is the three smoky image who has some back class in fact i 
think I remember at one time this horse was sort of on the Derby Trail. I think he's a cow bred, but um, he was on the Derby Trail and he kind of flopped. And he's never really run any better than he did back when he was on the Derby Trail. Um, this is his first try on scent, and they're shipping him to, you know, up north to Golden Gate to try him on the scent. It seems like a little bit of desperation. Um, he really hasn't run well this year, but he did work out well recently, and they did geld him this year. Um, and, you know, he's cutting back in distance, so he will. he should be closing late. Um, with all that speed, maybe he'll get the kind of setup that he needs. Maybe he'll like the synth. He's run well on turf, um, so there's no reason why he couldn't run well on synth. He does seem like he's better sprinting, and maybe the reason they brought him up is because now that you can't run down the hill anymore, the only sprints on turf are five furlongs, and that's probably too short for him, so maybe they brought him um, to Golden Gate to sprint at a little longer distance on the synth. That's what I'm hoping. I'm reaching a little bit, but um, he's speculative. That's why he's 12-1 to 1 in a seven-horse field, but that's probably the interesting long shot. The other horse that I'm interested in, um, in this of the speed horses is quick and silver who, who has some really fast back numbers and kind of has a pattern that says he might be starting to get back to those good races. Um, and if that's true, you know, he has a good workout. His last few races are definitely better than anything he's run for almost two years. Uh, and so maybe he's ready to run a big race again, and that would put him right in here. But he's part of that speed brigade. So um, from a pace standpoint, the race doesn't really set up for him. But of the speed horses, he looks like the only one that might offer a little value. So I'm probably not playing this race, but if I had to pick a horse, if this was like a mandatory race in a contest like Public Handicapper, I'd probably go with Smoky Image or Quick and Silver. All right. Well, this was a very tough race. I clearly like the pattern on Quick and Silver the best. And he's got back numbers. And if he runs one of those back numbers, he's going to win the race. Or I think he's going to win the race. Uh, it's certainly it's fast enough to win the race if he runs uh, as, as well as he has. In early 2018, and we're talking in March 2018, he was in a sensational speed duel and still won the race. So he has proven that he can handle the speed duel. However, he also has lost many races where he has been in a speed duel. So, so he's a really tough call. I mean, it helps that he's 8-1. to one. He is 16 for 38 on the synthetic, 16 for 36 at Golden Gate. And what I like about his last three races is that he ran almost, you know, pretty close to his best, you know, a few lengths off his best three races ago. Then he ran on dirt and off race, and then he ran, mm, it's kind of circling back to the, 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 the race three races ago he, not quite as good as that race in his last so it looks like he's a an easy 
play against as far as, you know, that he's going to be in a speed duel and like he couldn't hang on in a $40,000 claimer. At the same time, he did, he is circling back to his top number. And this jockey, Sam, uh, uh, Silvio Amador, has ridden him when he's won in the past, is back on him again. The four posts should be really good for him. I'm inclined to just sort of like root for this horse to gun it and just outlast the speed. I think it's pretty obvious for people to play Oso Daguerre, who comes off the pace, was six to five in his last race. Um, and not only that, but in his last race, this is not in the chart anywhere, but I watched the race. He had a major check on the turn, and this is not in the chart anywhere. <laughs> I, 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 the, the announcer said, oh, he checked hard, and that's not even on the chart. So that's kind of sad that the chart caller did not include that. Uh, but I think some people will be looking at that horse and saying that they've actually seen that that race and so I think he's going to get crushed in the betting and he's probably the most likely winner but what if Quick and Silver runs the race of his life so I would I would go with the price with Quick and Silver and then I would also put Indian Zip in second if I was on Public Handicapper because even though he's a little slower and just got beat by Oso de Guerre he is in He's an improving horse, and his last race was his first good race not running near the lead. So I think they were teaching him there, and he may improve a bit and give a good account of himself for of himself at a price. I I would concur with everything you say. Just one thing I want wanted to add for of the favorites. To me, I have to like Baja Sur, the, the two-horse. He's an emerald horse that was undefeated until he ran off the layoff at Fresno last out and got beat. But he's um, by Smiling Tiger. I talked about Smiling Tiger horses really run well on the turf. They also run well on scent. I think um, this horse might really like the switch to scent. So He's definitely talented and quick, uh, so you know he might be dangerous, but it's not going to be any value. So I'm not saying he's a bet, but um, of the favorites, I think that horse might be able to run even better than he's run on dirt. Second off a layoff, um, going to the synthetic um, with oh, the kind of breeding that might lead you to believe that he'll like it, and and obviously the horse is very consistent always runs well he clearly has some physical problems but you know second off a layoff with a lot of upside um, on a new surface this horse could improve quite a bit um, off of what he's done before which is already pretty good all right well it's only a seven horse field so it's not that exciting of a race but if you do like a price there is value in the race and uh I wish everybody luck on that race. I, I will not be betting it, but I will watch with keen interest since we played him on the pod. The next race is the eighth race at Del Mar. It's the Bob Hope Stakes, seven furlongs on the dirt for 100,000 uh, two-year-olds. 
This is another race that I'm not very excited about. There's only six horses. There's two Bafferts. I am going to take the other Baffert, high velocity, while the the main Baffert costs a million dollars. This horse also costs a pretty penny, three hundred fifty thousand for Gary and Mary West. He was game in his debut. He galloped out big, and he has plenty of spacing into this race, as opposed to the other Baffert, who's going to be a much lower price, who did run very fast in his last race, but really worked hard to do it. And I will note that I, I watched the replay, and after seeing him whipped repeatedly, heard Frank Miramati say that he was only shown the whip. So then I watched the stretch again, and he was hit with the whip plenty of times. So he was only shown the whip at the very end. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to bet this race either, but for purposes of the pod, I will pick high velocity. Yeah, this is, to me, these are the kinds of races I, I just hate. Del Mar has a lot of these two-year-old races where you have, you know, two Babbitt horses that will probably, you know, be favorites on Triple Crown races going against two Doug O'Neill horses, one of which probably will win some grade one race at a price somewhere. Um, and none of them offer any value. So I'm not very interested in this race at all. Uh, other than, you know, while watching, because there's certainly a lot of talent in these races, even though they're small fields in California, you know, s some of these horses are very good chance. We'll be watching them run, um, next year and we'll be talking about them in, on the pod and triple crown prep races. So from that aspect, um, you know, it'll be interesting, but from a betting standpoint, you know, I, the only horse I can even consider playing in here would be the one horse rager who had some trouble in his debut on the turf and despite the trouble he won the race and he's going for a small barn but for a trainer who's really the horses that um have gone to the track tend to outperform their odds typically uh, and this horse could be any kind, switching to the, to the dirt, coming off a win. Um, pretty well bred, not real expensive, but into mischief. Really moves up some of these cheaper mares. And this mare was a decent horse. She didn't win, but she ran some good races. Didn't get started till later in her career, and she's out of distorted humor. So decent breeding, uh, kind of an underrated trainer. Uh, very good race. And now onto the dirt. I doubt this horse is good enough to beat all the monsters in here. You know, the million dollar yearling kinds. But could outrun its odds. Uh, from the rail, uh, it may be able to get a really good trip. Uh, assuming the rail is not bad. Uh, I would guess a couple of those really good horses are going to hook up pretty early. So it should be an honest pace, and that seven furlong distance can sometimes be an equalizer in these two-year-old races. Um, it's definitely different than six furlongs. So you just maybe they go fast early, Rager takes to the dirt, and gets a perfect trip and and pulls off a shocker. Um, that's about the only thing that would get me interested in this race. Yeah, this is another race where if you are in a contest – such as horse journeys or derby wars 
one of these contests where it's mythical $2 win place betting and you need a price, then Rager is not that crazy. And I looked up while you were talking, I looked up the trainer's stats for second start turf to dirt. And he is two for three with a 693 ROI. He hit uh, with a seven to five and a seven to one. So it's an angle that he, I, you know, he's not exactly, since he's only got three, it's not something he specializes in, but it's something he certainly has been successful at. So if you need a price, Rager is not the craziest pick. Yeah, I mean, that is sort of a special case, but he's sort of a, pot for me anyway, he's been a positive ROI trainer. He pretty much, like I said, his horses, they, sometimes they're overmatched, but they outrun their odds. I mean, he, he, he he's an underrated trainer that I think he'll be hearing from down the road. Yeah, and he actually lifetime has an ROI of 199, which beats the takeout. You know, the takeout would be one. 70 or so or maybe even a little less than 170 so he actually does show a profit after the takeout he's hitting at 20 percent the last 90 days he is hitting at 40 percent with martin garcia with an 892 roi so crazier bets have been made yeah and it will probably take a crazy bet to make some money on this race um it's probably more of one to watch than to bet on. Well, the nice thing is that he has shown the ability to come off the pace. And that's, I, you know, the the thousand words also did that for Baffert. But he was pretty close to a pretty fast pace. So uh, you, you, you have to appreciate any horse, especially at seven furlongs, that can close. And that's what Rager did in his last race. All right. Well, that's it for the stakes races. Do you have any other plays? Have you looked at any other races, Chris? Um, I uh, really, I looked at a couple. I didn't really get a chance yet to look at a lot. I'm assuming you will be looking at some other races given that you're in this contest. Uh, I did look at a couple of the turf races at Aqueduct, so maybe I'll throw out a couple of horses just maybe for your benefit, if nothing else, since you're in the contest. Um, the last race, or make it the second to last race at Aqueduct, the ninth race, it's an allowance race on the turf. I thought an interesting horse in there was the eight horse Betty F, who uh, is a European import, uh, has had some, some tough trips in her U.S. starts. I don't think she's really had a chance to show her best yet in the, United, in the U.S., and if with a good trip, I think she could really surprise in there. She's 15 to 1 in the morning line. That's number 8, Betty F. Um, and then the other horse I kind of liked at Aqueduct was, it's a race where you have two Chad Brown first-time starters, Aqueduct sixth race. Um, it's a maiden special weight, a mile on the turf. You have two first-time Chad horses, so... Yeah, you always are worried that one of those two will be a monster or maybe both. So that tempers my enthusiasm for the race. But I like the two horse. I think you would pronounce it Brahe, but I might be mispronouncing the name. It's B-R-A-H-E, the number two horse. Uh, very lightly raced, 
lots of upside uh, and his only two races had not the best of trips. Um, Barkley tag junior Alvarado draws an inside post going a mile. Uh, that horse of the ones that have run. I like that one the best uh, that are running in the main body of the race. And, um, you know, you could always save underneath the Chad horses if you're worried about them. Um, but the two horse Brahe in the sixth race and in the ninth race, the eight horse Betty F. Those are two that caught my interest. I haven't totally handicapped the race, but those are two that kind of jumped out at me glancing through the later races in the aqueduct cart. Well, I looked at the seventh through the 10th, not deeply, but deeply enough to decide whether there were any horses I wanted to throw out there. And you beat me to it with Betty F. I wrote down here that she gets in light. She's circling back to a number that can get her into the try at 15 to one or higher. I might have a hard time betting her to win from the eighth post. And I think there are a bunch of horses that are faster, but uh, could get into the try and will be at least 15 to one. So that's the only play that I could single out. Uh, I haven't looked at the rest of the card and I haven't looked at the rest of Churchill. But we'll uh, we'll we'll leave it at that, and and hopefully, people can take some kind of action with Betty F. and also Brahi in the sixth. Yeah, I think those are probably, with the exception of the Churchill race, those two races are better betting races than any of the others that we talked about um, in terms of the stakes races. So, you know, right now probably the best racing is at Aqueduct and Churchill right now. Um, so that's probably where you go for the best betting opportunities. Yep, and I will be playing those cards and playing them hard with the live money bankroll tournament at Aqueduct. Um, I don't know, do we have anything else to say? It's going to be a short show, but that's okay. They don't always have to be long. Short and sweet, hopefully. Um, <laughs> maybe we gave out a few winners. Um, we'll see. We can only hope. Uh, we did last week give out a 7-1. to one. Yeah, so, that was your pick, too. That was good. That was yeah, a good pick. And I also mentioned, I mentioned Mr. Dumas, who was surprised me on the pod. I, I, I thought he was going to improve a lot. And then I saw that he was 6-1 to one morning line. He ended up going off at nine to one and winning the race. So I, I unfortunately didn't didn't play the race. I didn't bet the race, but um, that was that was a horse that I might have landed on if he had been a higher morning line. Yeah, I did play that race, and I think we both liked the same horse, the Marquis Prince. Horse. Yeah, I think he ran second in that race, right? I think he ran second in there, maybe third. He ran okay, but he definitely wasn't as good as the winner on the day yeah well so uh it's kind of slim pickings this week but hopefully we gave out something and hopefully that churchill 10th will bear fruit so that will wrap up the ph pod for today thanks chris thanks to all our listeners and let's end it with a little brooklyn boogaloo blowout cheers 